Hallelujah. I want to take a few minutes and just speak the word of God over us. and Speak the word of God to us and speak the word of God over this ministry. So bear with me. I won't be doing a lot of my usual stuff. I'm going to do a lot of just reading directly and speaking directly from my notes. The things that the Lord has spoken to me directly um, regarding um, this ministry and our future. Amen. Um, we also took the time last week to just say thank you. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of crying and a lot of sobbing and, you know, Pastor Tino was describing to our children how their father was sobbing again. And she told them, she said, he wasn't just little, he was, she was really sobbing. He was, and day to day they said, yeah, we know him. Yeah, we know him. What they don't realize is, is that, that anointing to sob comes on me like once every two years. And it increases every two years when it comes. So, for those of you who saw it last week, please don't be embarrassed. You are not likely to see it again for another two years. But when you see it again in another two years from now, it will be very big. It will be, you may have to get buckets. <laughs> so I can fill those buckets with my tears. Hallelujah. You just will never understand. It's very difficult to explain. I can't put it into words to you. I can't convey it with my limited human abilities, the reason why I cry. It will be very difficult for you to understand. And uh, like I told you last week, I tell the Lord all the time, I'm never going to get over it. I really won't. I really won't. So we've done all the crying last week. I just want to preach today. <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. We're done with crying. No more crying. Let's just preach now. Amen. God is just so good. All right. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. And let's go to verse 17. He said, therefore, I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your, wing, your wounds, saith the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Verse 18. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tent, and have mercy on his dwelling places. Pay attention to that. I will have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be builded upon her own heap. Notice, on the same heap is where he will build the city. And the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. Now, pay very close attention to verse 19 as we celebrate our 19-year anniversary. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry and I will multiply them and they shall not be few and I will glorify them and they shall not be small. Watch verse 20. Their children also. So it's not going to end with this generation. 
what God is doing beginning in this generation is going to go on and on and on. Even our children are going to carry double portions of the mantle that the Lord drops upon our lives through our children in different corners of the world. God is going to bring the gospel to lives, to men, to women. He said their children also shall be as at aforetime and their congregation shall be established before me. It shall be established before me. And I will punish all that oppress them. And their nobles shall be of themselves. And their governor shall proceed from the midst of them. And I will cause him to draw near. And he shall approach unto me. For he, for who is he, who is this that engages hearts to approach unto me, saith the Lord. Watch verse 22 as we approach the year 2022. So everything I'm ministering today, I'm ministering for this anniversary, our 19th going into 20. And for the year 2022 as we get into it. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. Hallelujah. Out of us, out of our mouth, watch this will flow superlative praise. Somebody say those two words with me. Superlative praise and unbridled gratitude. Say those two words with me. Unbridled gratitude. Out of our mouth will flow continually. We will devote ourselves more than ever to the ministry of thanksgiving and to the ministry of praise. And this praise will be higher in dimension than any praise we have ever given the Lord. That's why it's described as superlative praise and unbridled gratitude. Somebody lift up your hands. Just do, just do this. If you're at home, do this. Lift up your hands. Lift it up to heaven. Say, Father, thank you for my five loaves and my two fish. Still other. Your attitude of gratitude and your ministry of thanksgiving will constantly keep the heaven open over your life. Thanksgiving is the bridge to your destiny. And the victories that have been prepared for you in Christ. Through your devotion to superlative praise... And unbridled gratitude. God will feed multitudes with your five loaves and your two fish. Lift up your hand to heaven again one more time. Somebody say, thank you Lord for my five loaves and my two fish. Hallelujah. That's all we really need. That's it. That's all we need. Five loaves and two fish. Look with me real quick. Mark chapter 6 and verse 41. Mark chapter 6 and verse 41. If you help me put that up, please, on the amplified, in the amplified version. It says, and Jesus, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. And praising God, he gave thanks. And broke the loaves. Watch these next two words, three words. And he kept on giving. 
He just kept on giving. I'm here to declare to you that your storehouse will never run dry. Your storehouse will never run dry. You don't need a whole multitude to start with. You don't need a whole bank to start with. But with your five loaves and your two fish, dipped in the middle of superlative praise and unbridled gratitude, God will see to it multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes will be fed. Somebody lift up your hands. Say, Father, thank you for my five loaves and my two fish. Hallelujah. Go with me to Job 29. Job 29. And let's read from verse 19. Job 29. Let's read from verse 19. Mm-hmm. From verse 19. He said, my root was spread out by the waters and the dew lay all night upon my branch. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. The days of dryness are over in your life forever. My root was spread out by the waters and the dew lay all night upon my branch. Ah! The dew of heaven will lay all night upon your branch. The dew of heaven will lay all night upon your branch. The dew of heaven will lay all night upon your branch. Verse 20. My glory was fresh in me and my bow was renewed in my hand. Welcome to the days of fresh glory. Welcome to your days of fresh glory. My glory was fresh in me. My glory was fresh in me. God is doing a renewal in your life. My bow was renewed in my hand. God is doing a work of renewal in your life. You know what happens when God does a a work of renewal? There is a shedding of outer skills and an emerging forth of freshness that nobody knew existed before. But it is freshness, the kind of freshness that will never wither. Elements will not be able to damage it. No matter what the enemy throws against it, it will never lose its quality or its value. Welcome to your days of fresh glory. Welcome to your days of fresh glory. Verse 21. Unto me, men gave ear and they waited and kept silence at my counsel. (laughs) After my word, they spoke not again and my speech dropped upon them. And they waited for me as for the rain. And they opened their mouth wide as for the latter rain. (laughs) If I laughed, they believed it not. And the light of my countenance, they cast not down. 
I chose out their way and sat chief and dwelt as a king in the army as one that comforteth the mourners. God is comforting the mourners. I want you to put up for me verse 23, verse 24 in the Amplified. I smiled on them when they had no confidence and their depression did not cast down the light of my countenance. God is giving you an anointing. God is giving you an anointing to destroy and damage the stronghold of depression that is brewing all over the world. God is putting a new anointing upon your life through your voice, through your voice, through your life to destroy the stronghold of depression that is taking root around the world. Don't even begin to think of going around the world if you haven't dealt with the one in your household. Rise up strong and say the glory of God is fresh in this house. No more depression. I cast out every spirit of depression to my fourth, third and fourth generation. I root you out. Because watch this saints, depression is going to take a stronger hold in the world. Depression is going to take a stronger hold in the world. As we move forward, there's going to be strongholds of depression all around the world. You will see leaders of governments claiming to be in depression. You will see leaders of institutions claiming to be in depression. This depression will rear up. He said, we never knew it, but this depression will become a mighty tool in the hands of the enemy. But through you, God will squash the stronghold of depression around the world. Somebody said, depression? Gone! In Jesus' name, there's fresh glory for you. God is giving you a rod and word of authority that will influence this generation and the next. God's countenance that reflects through you will cast down and subdue depression that's taking hold all over the world. You are a candidate for the double digit blessing. Somebody say in 2022, I am a candidate for the double digit blessing. Say one more time. In 2022, I am a candidate for the double digit blessing. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13 and let's read from verse 10. Luke chapter 13. Let's read from verse 10. Luke chapter 13. And let's read from verse 10. Woo. Let's take a, a quick praise break. Just, just wave your hands to him. Just bless his holy name. Woo! Just bless his holy name. Ooh, praise him like you never have praised him before. Give him superlative praise right now. Give him unbridled gratitude right now. Shabababababa. Woo! 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 Shabababababa. Shabababababababa. Woo! Shabababababa. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! 
Luke chapter 13. Let's look at verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. Somebody say 18 years. Somebody say 18 years. For 18 years, she was a child of Abraham, but did not know the fullness of the covenant of Abraham. She knew it because she heard about it. She knew because she heard sermons about it. She knew because it was written in the Torah. She knew it in her mind, but she did not experience it. Somebody say 18 years. Say it again, say 18 years. Finally, when the 19th year came, Jesus said, enough. I said, Jesus said enough. <laughs> Jesus said enough. Jesus said enough. Jesus is saying enough today. I said, Jesus is saying enough. I speak. I speak with the authority of the Son of God. Jesus is saying enough today. Enough is enough. 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 He says, uh, the woman for 18 years, this is in the Amplified, she had an infirmity caused by a demonic spirit of sickness. See, they thought it was really a natural condition. They thought it was a medical condition. And she was getting all the help she could, which is okay. But I want you to notice that in spite of all the natural help that she got, she still remained in that condition. She still remained in that condition. Because it was not just a natural medical condition, it was caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness that had taken hold. When a demon, when a demonic spirit has grounds to sit in a place for 18 years, listen, 18 years, they dominate. They take it over like it's theirs. It belongs to them. And Jesus, in verse 12, called her and said, Woman, I want you to see what Jesus did here. I know many people think it was Bishop T.D. Jakes who wrote these next few words. <laughs> the thing was the one. If they hear me reading it from the Bible now, they say, hey, that's in the Bible? I didn't know. I thought that was Bishop T.D. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus looked unto her and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands upon her and immediately she was made straight and began to glorify God. The Amplified says she recognized, she thanked, and she praised God. She was made straight. She recognized. What did she recognize? Her eyes suddenly popped open to see some things that she didn't know. She recognized. 
I pray that you will recognize. Satan has just been throwing stones and hiding his hand. I pray in this your new season you will recognize. Everything that has been hidden, that was kept under, with all those things, you know, he's just been throwing stones and hiding his hand. He's the one throwing the stone. He's the one enough. Thank you. I'm going to say this. It's not in my notes and it's not something I plan to say, but I'm going to say this. Some of you have heard the, you've heard we followed for a few weeks, and I don't, I'm not going to give more than one minute to you. I've got to move on quick. You heard the, um, you read the story of this um, Gabby Petito and mm-hmm. and her fiance Brian Laundry, is it Landry? Laundry, and um, you know the tragedy of these two lives. One of them killed the other and then went and killed himself. Look at me. The devil was the one that threw the stones. He just hid his hand. The only thing you hear the world talking about today is Gabi Petito, Brian Laundry. The devil threw the stones. He just hid his hands. I pray that everywhere in your life, every area of your life, where Satan is throwing stones, you will recognize. You will recognize. You will stop fighting the wrong battle. Stop fighting the wrong war. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. The anointing for recognition will take hold in your life that suddenly your eyes will pop open and you will realize, ah, this is not the right battle I've been fighting. This is not the right battle I've been fighting. She recognized. She thanked God and she praised him. And... uh, The ruler in verse 14 of the synagogue answered and said with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said unto the people, there are six days in the which men ought to walk. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered him and said, you hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water him? Pay attention to verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? Notice he didn't say sickness bound. Notice he didn't say depression bound. Notice he didn't say uh, epilepsy bound. Notice he didn't say mental uh, derangement bound. Who bound? Come on, help me. Who bound? Whom Satan bound. It was Satan who bound her. Read Read this verse of scripture one more time. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, listen to this now. She is a daughter of Abraham. 
but was bound by Satan. That is indeed a paradox. She is a daughter of Abraham, but bound by Satan. That is a paradox. It is something that makes you go, but how can? May the Lord deliver you from every how can in the name of Jesus. From this day, every how can, every how can, every, I don't, how can that be? How can, may the Lord release you from it. May the Lord release you from it. She, she used to serve the Lord. She loved the Lord with all her heart, but she died in, a, in an accident. How can, may the Lord deliver you from every how can. She loved the Lord. She served. He did, he did everything. Anything you told him to do, he did. But look how he died of cancer. How can, may the Lord deliver you from every how can. Ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? Like Jesus, you and I will walk in a new level of kingdom authority. Your renewed covenant with God will break every long-term and every short-term limitation over your life. And bring you to a new season of somebody shout it out loud with me. Life unlimited. unlimited. Your renewed covenant with God will break every long term and every short term limitation over your life. And bring you to a new season of somebody shout it out with me. Life unlimited. After 18 long years, this woman finally experienced John chapter 10 verse 10. Finally, after 18 long years. What does he say in John chapter 10 verse 10? Put that up for me, please, in the Amplified. (laughs) Finally, after 18 years. Finally, after 18 years. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came. That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Finally, in this new season, she experienced overflowing life. I declare over you that in this new season, 18 years are over now. (laughs) <laughs> Stop and seal her that. Stop and seal her that. Listen to that. 18 years are over now. 18 years are over now. I said 18 years are over now. I declare that in this new season, you will enjoy and experience the overflowing, unabated, unlimited Zoe life of God. And that will become your new reality in Jesus' mighty name. I got a little bit more to go. Go with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. You all know 5 is the number of grace. And after this, there was a feast from verse 1. There was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Say that word with me, Bethesda. Say that word with me, Bethesda. 
having five porches. Five is the number of grace. Bethesda means house of mercy. Bethesda means house of mercy. Verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 divided by 2 is 19. And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been there a long time in that case, he said, will thou be made whole? Listen to this. The impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. What is he saying? I have no help. I have no help. The opportunity is all around me. But I have no help. Possibilities are all around me, but I have no help. How do you reckon this man may have felt 38 years of being around this one pool and at the very least once every year somebody received a miracle in that pool. At least once every year. Somebody jumped out of that pool and said, glory to God, glory to God, I got a miracle. For 38 years, he saw this. For 38 years, he saw it. And the problem was not that there was no miracle. The problem was not that there was no opportunity. The problem was not that there was no possibility. The problem was that there was no help. Until the great high priest, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who carries all the help in the world, in heaven and on earth, the helper of men, the helper of men, he came walking by. The helper of men is coming around you in this season. The helper of men is coming around you. Until Jesus Christ of Nazareth, until Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he said unto him, okay, take up your bed now and walk. I brought you help. 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 Somebody say he brought me help. He remembered me. He brought me help. Finally, after 38 years, he remembered me. He brought me help. He brought the divine connection to my next miracle. He brought the divine connection to my next breakthrough. He brought the divine connection to my next open door. He brought me help. He brought me help. He brought me help. And immediately the man was made whole. And he took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. God, listen to me. God is sending you helpers of destiny. Everywhere you turn, there will be help. 
you will have so much help. The struggles of your past will become faint and distant memories. I'm going to read that to you one more time. God is sending you helpers of destiny. Everywhere you turn, there will be help. You will have so much help. The struggles of your past will become faint and distant memories. The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 14 to 16, he said there, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus. Somebody say that name, Jesus. Oh, don't you love him? Put your hand on your heart, say that name, say Jesus. Oh, come on, say that name, say Jesus. Oh, he's the sweetest name. Say that name. Say Jesus. He's sweeter than the sweetest thing you've ever known in your life. Jesus. Jesus. The lily of the valley. Jesus. The bright and morning star. Jesus. The precious one. Fairest of ten thousands to my soul. Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus. Help me call that name Jesus. Come on, help me call the name Jesus. Remember to call him in your midnight hour. Say Jesus. Remember to call him when your bills are due and you don't know how you are going to pay. Say Jesus. Remember to call him when you feel pain in your body and you don't know where your healing is coming from. Call him Jesus. Remember to call him when a member of your family is acting crazy. Remember to call him. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Don't stop calling that name. Don't stop calling that name. Don't just call him one time. Call him every morning. Call him every afternoon. Call him every night. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Ah, remember to tell them that name. When everybody's gathering around and they don't know where to find a way out, remember to tell them Jesus. He's still the way, the truth, and the life. Remember when they feel hopeless and they don't believe they have a tomorrow, remember to tell them that name. Jesus. Jesus. Remember when you don't understand what is going on around your life. When you can't figure out how to get out. Remember that name. Remember that name. Remember that name. The Bible says, for there is a name that has been given amongst men, whereby men may be saved. That name is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not Mohammed. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Barack Obama. The name is Jesus. The name is Jesus. There is one name that has been given amongst men. There are some people who think the salvation of the nation is in one man or the other. Hey, listen to me. There is only one name that has been given amongst men. Whereby men may be saved. His name is 
on. Let's not waste our moment on this planet. Let's not allow this generation to slide us by. A lot of the conflict you see in this nation is going to continue for at the very least two more generations. A lot of the conflict you see in this nation is going to continue for at the very least two more. Mark my words. For at the very least two more generations. And one generation is 40 years. So thus, this a lot of the tension and a lot of the crisis and a lot of the pain and a lot of the struggle will still be here when you transition, when you leave this planet. It will still be here. It will still be here. You may not like the sound of that, but it is true. It is the word of the Lord. Don't waste your life and your moment of destiny by being a part of that crisis. Do not waste your passion, your energies. Forget all these things you're hearing people talk about. People are going to come and people are going to go. And a lot of the crisis is going to remain. Is going to remain. There is a generation, if Jesus tarries, there is a generation that will rise up and put a stop. And things will begin to change dramatically. It is not this generation. It is not this one. These struggles you see will continue for at the very least two more generations. So don't waste your life. Don't waste your passion. Don't waste your time being a part of the crisis. Get up and live for purpose. <laughs> time is passing. Time is passing. Get up and live for purpose. Give your energy and your passion to something that is relevant to the kingdom of God. Pursue purpose. Pursue destiny. Pursue eternity. Give your passion to it. Give your fervor. Give your emotions. Give your life to it. And lean on the everlasting arms. Every morning when you wake up, no matter what you hear in the news, lean on the everlasting arms. Say, Lord, I trust you to carry us through this. We are your people. Carry us through it. We are, Lord, hidden in the ark of the covenant like Noah and his family were hidden in the ark of the covenant with all of the thunderstorms and all of the rain wiping up the earth, wiping up the earth. Lord, we are hiding in your covenant. Just lean, just lean, just lean and keep living by faith. Keep speaking the word of the Lord. Keep declaring, don't say at the Lord. Keep establishing the covenant of the almighty God. Whatsoever the Lord has put in your heart, keep declaring it in the name of Jesus. Keep speaking good over your life. Keep saying, I will live and I will not die. I will live to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the blessing of the Lord God is upon my household. The favor of the Lord God is all around me. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will see my children children. I will see the blessing of God upon our family. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will fulfill my purpose. I will finish my race. I will fight the good fight. I will win the victor's crown of overcoming. In the name of Jesus.
Just lean. Somebody say, lean. Just keep leaning. Just keep leaning on the everlasting hand. No matter what you see, just keep on leaning. Say, yeah, Jesus got that. Jesus has got that. Jesus has the answer to that too. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My confidence is not in a man. My trust is not in a system. My devotion is not to an institution. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God's covenant. I'm a citizen of heaven. Just keep on leaning. Woo! Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I got to try to close this one. He says then the Amplified in verse 16, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor towards sinners, that we may receive mercy. Somebody say, I'm receiving mercy. Say it again, say, I'm receiving mercy. For our failings and find grace. Somebody say, I'm finding grace. So I say, say loud, I'm finding grace to help in good time for every need. Say appropriate help, well-timed help, Coming just when I need it. In Jesus name. I'm going to read that word again to you one more time. God is sending you helpers of destiny. Everywhere you turn there will be help. You will have so much help. The struggles of your past will become a faint and distant memory. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Shout the word out Bethesda. Come on shout it out. Say Bethesda. It means house of mercy. It means house of mercy. God is opening up to you his house of mercy. I said God is opening up to you his house of mercy. One of the characters in the Bible who knew very much what that meant. I'm going to read the story to you. I got a rush and I'll try to close this service. God is opening up to you his house of mercy. I said God is opening up to you his house of mercy. One of the Old Testament characters who understood that really well is a young man by the name Mephibosheth. He was a young man who had dealt with one tragedy after the other in his life. It was so bad he finally was in a place where he was lame in both feet. He needed help for everything. He needed help to go to the bathroom. He needed help to get his food. He needed help to make a phone call. He needed help to, to go out to a family reunion. He needed help for everything. He's like that man we read about in John chapter 5. The opportunities were there. Possibilities were there. But he's lame in both feet. And he has no help. And one day David said... In Second Samuel chapter 9, he said, Is there anyone that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him mercy? For Jonathan's sake, kindness, he uses with the word mercy. <laughs> and there was 
of the house of Saul, a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? He said, Yes, Lord, I am Ziba. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him mercy, kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has a son. He's lame on both feet. He's the son. He's an heir to the throne. He's lame on both feet. He needs help. Has no help. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Makkah, of the, the son of Amiel, in Lodibah. 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 He was supposed to be living in the palace, but he was living in Lodibah. Mm-hmm. He was a forgotten. God bless you, praise him, guys, for blessing us today, both Cleveland and Akron. Thank you especially for that song you sang. I love everything about that song. I really love that second stanza where he says something. They said to me, you are forgotten. Did you see that stanza? Mephibosheth was living in the land of the forgotten. Nobody ever thought of him. His life didn't matter for anything. But the king sent for him. The king is sending for you. (laughs) The king is sending for you. The king is sending for you. The king is sending for you. We're about to get you out of Lodiba. We're taking you to the palace of the king. The king is sending for you. We're taking you out of Lodiba. We're taking you to the palace of the king. <laughs> forgotten no more. Shout it out loud. Say forgotten no more. So I've arrived at the house of mercy. Forgotten no more. I'm no longer a byword. I'm no longer forsaken. I'm no longer forgotten. I have arrived at the palace of the king. Favor upon favor. Grace upon grace. Blessing upon blessing. Woo! Shout hallelujah somebody. <laughs> they said, uh, he said, do you have any? He said, yes. He said, go bring him. Verse 6, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. He never in his wildest dreams imagined he will ever, ever be summoned to the palace of the king. Not in his wildest dreams. wildest dreams. Couldn't imagine it for a minute that he would ever, ever be summoned to the palace of the king. But the almighty God, the God of mercy, the God of mercy 
He woke David up in the middle of the night. Do you know how God works? It's amazing. That's why I cry a lot sometimes. Because he's so supernatural. If you've seen me cry, it's not a sign of weakness. Uh, Maybe one of the hardest people you know, really. I'm just so overwhelmed in my heart. I'm so... My heart is sold to him. There's such tenderness in there because of his love and his mercy and, and his supernatural working that, that a, a, a lot of times I just can't be cool and I cannot contain myself. I can't be cool and try to just be good and just be macho and contact. Many times I just can't do it. It's because of his mercy. The outstretched hands of the almighty God. Do you know how God works sometimes? This man, Mephibosheth, there was no cell phone. No emails. Nothing. He had no way of contacting the king. Even if he wanted to. He had no way. He could have told his story to everybody. Listen, my grandfather was the king. This was an accident. Somebody picked me up. They dropped me. I, lo- I didn't do anything wrong to lose my feet, to be lame. No, the, the world around him said, no, you must be a sinner. That's why you have to just stay in Lodibar. Just stay there until you die. There was no judge anywhere that could have done anything for him. Until that night when God woke up the king in the middle of the night and said to the king, I want you to show mercy to someone in the house of Saul. There's really only one person that God had in mind. But David couldn't hear it. So God presented it and said, show mercy to someone in the house of Saul. Started fine. If David could have heard the God that said, show mercy to Mephibosheth. But he couldn't hear it. You know how many times God wants to speak to you and to me in very clear, definite terms and it's difficult for us to hear him? We just have a very vague idea of what he's saying, but the specifics are really blurry. We can't really understand You just have a sense of what God is saying to you in that moment. You have a sense of how God is dealing with you. And you know it's a supernatural moment. But you have no idea how to interpret it. Right through the ages. Men have been ministered to by God. But couldn't quite decipher exactly what God was saying. So many times God speaks in generalities to get us finally to where he's trying to take us. If the wise men had a GPS, God would have said to them, go to so-so and so-so house. There is a babe lying there in a manger. He is the king of kings. He is the king of glory. But they couldn't hear him. They couldn't understand it. So God said, 
follow the star. If you keep following the star, you will arrive. Oh, Jesus, I I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you keep following the star, God, no matter how dark it feels, no matter how vague it seems, just follow the star. Keep following the star. You may have to follow that star for a while before you arrive where the king of glory is, the little babe in the manger. But just keep following the star because the star will finally bring you to your destiny. Just follow the star of God. It's inside of your heart. The star of the Son of God is inside of your heart. Just keep following that star. So many things don't appear as plain and as clear as we want. We don't even understand many times what God is doing. Sometimes we feel like this Mephibosheth in the pit. Forgotten. (laughs) Just follow the star. Say to your neighbor, say follow the star. Remember, you don't own the star. God owns the star. God owns the star. But just follow the star. If you keep following the star, you will arrive. You will arrive at your place of destiny. The star will lead you there. I got to close this, right? It's almost one thirty. Feel the presence of the Lord so strong in this place. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. People of God, let's follow the star. Yes, mm-hmm. Let's follow the star. You know how God led them in the Old Testament? He had a pillar of fire. That's it. Because if he could, he would have given them a GPS through the wilderness to get them to the land of promise. But they would not have been able to decode it. So he says, okay, just follow the pillar. Just follow the pillar of fire. The cloud. The cloud of glory. We used to sing a song years ago. Said, the cloud of glory is moving. The cloud of glory is moving. Let us move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. The cloud of glory moving let us move with the cloud move with the cloud let your spirits arise and your strength be renewed come let us move on together as we follow New heights we will see. Let us move with the clouds. David didn't understand. God wanted to say to him, Go show Mephibosheth mercy. 
But the way he did it was he just put thoughts in David's mind. And those thoughts said, show mercy to someone in Saul's house. So he's, he, he started inquiring, is there somebody in Saul's house I can show mercy to? And they say, yeah, there's a young man, you know, long story short. He said to Mephibosheth in verse 7. He said unto him, fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father. And you will eat bread at my table continually. That's mercy. Not for a day. Not for a month. Continually. That's the perfect picture of grace. That's the perfect picture of the house of mercy. Let's try to close this. Oh, there's so much work to do, folks. Abundant life. God is calling us to a higher place. Hallelujah. This is not a fairy tale life, a fairy tale future. Sometimes I know it sounds like it's too good to be true. But God is really into the business of too good to, the, to be true situations. If you ask Mephibosheth the day he arrived at the palace, he would have said, this is too good to be true. God really does know how to do this too good to be true miracles. He knows how to connect you. With the next one and the next one and the next one. And suddenly one day you look around and say, how did I get here? How did I get here? Let's close Abundant Life. Let me speak over this ministry as the Lord has given me instructions. Speak over this ministry. In the name of Jesus. I declare from this season over Abundant Life International Church Commission Worldwide. That our footprints around this nation, around the world, will become great landmarks. They have been footprints for 18 years and 19 years. But they will become great landmarks as we enter into our new season. He's taking us into the big league of kingdom influencers and kingdom manifestors. We will experience enlargement of our coast in all places and in every way. Supernatural proliferation and multiplication will become our new reality. Fresh glory. Somebody say fresh glory. Fresh glory is ours. The double digits blessing is ours. Life unlimited is ours. Bethesda is ours. Exceeding grace is ours. In Jesus mighty name. Would you stand to your feet please? Let's close. Thank you father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you just, just, just wave your hands to the Lord. Just quietly, just wave your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. His spirit, his presence is all over this place. Not just in this sanctuary, but everywhere. Across the airwaves. There's a fresh touch of his supernatural work and move. He's making available to his people. 
life and life and life and life and so much life. Let's take the word of the Lord. Let's go to the highest heights. Let's take the word of the Lord. Let's go to the deepest depths. Let's take the word of the Lord. Let's lay hold on our calling, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's go on. Let's devote ourselves afresh anew. Let's stir up again and rekindle the flames of God's revival in our tents. Take the ark of God home like Obededom. Let's move through the clutter that the world is dealing with all around us. Let's take the light of God, the star. Let's head towards glory land. It's a glory land. Would you close your eyes, please, wherever you are today? There's a glory land. There's a glory land. There's a glory land. It's a place called better. Shoo. There's a place called better. What eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, not entered into the heart of any man. It's glory land. Let's arise like a mighty army. Let's put on our contagious faith. Let the sound of our voices ring so the world cannot deny us. Let the testimony of God be evident and manifest so the world cannot make our lives a controversy. Let the world know that our God is alive and well. He's the God of all mercy and grace. A faithful high priest. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, God.